Joining us now on Root of the Matter is Dr. Samantha Beatty, the state veterinarian for the state of Tennessee. Dr. Beatty, thanks for being with us. And you're here at the Tennessee Cattlemen's Association's winter meeting here in Lebanon. And uh, obviously, you deal with a lot of issues related to animal, to, to livestock production here in Tennessee. And, and speaking to the cattlemen, it should be second nature to you now, right? Yeah, it, it is. Uh, my husband and I are cattle producers ourselves, and so um, the cattle industry is near and dear to my heart. Well, tell us about your, your cattle operation, if you would. We have just commercial cattle, um, and then we have a few British white cattle that are, I'll be honest, my pets. Um, but yeah, we have about 35 mama cows, and we've got calves and a couple bulls. So. So it'd be kind of neat if you're the state veterinarian and you've got your own cattle herd, you just kind of take care of them, right? For the most part. But uh, you face issues just like other cattlemen yeah. do as well, right? Yeah. Um, I, my husband and I, you know, I'm not equipped like most veterinarians at home or because I don't have the equipment. But yes, I, I will pull a calf if needed. Um, I don't like to, but I do. <laughs> and and uh, there a few weeks ago when those sub-zero temperatures came into play, something we hadn't seen in a while, and, and that, that had everybody kind of, uh, you know, for lack of a better word, reeling, because we haven't experienced those, those frigid temperatures like we did, and that's an important aspect of, of cattle management, to be prepared, to be ready, and to do what it takes to take care of your livestock, right? Yes, it is, and one of the things that, you know, everybody's got to do is make sure that they have access to water. Very important. Um, hats off to my husband who spent most of that time busting, you know, busting ice. Um, but we also make sure that animals have windbreaks because when you get into those sub-zero temperatures and you've got animals who quite frankly haven't seen those temperatures so they don't have a, a winter coat for that, you want to make sure that they have some way to protect themselves. And obviously hay supplies need to be adequate. Especially when some young calves are being born, that's that's a critical point for, for them to survive. But, but hopefully, you know, we, we have these kind of flare-ups with the weather, even, uh, you know, even the drought conditions, obviously, in the summertime, that we, we face all the seasons here in Tennessee, and that's, you have to be ready in each season, right, for if you're going to have livestock. Yeah, you have to be ready for each season sometimes in the same week. So um, yes, definitely need to be prepared. Having you know, a plan for how you're gonna provide food, shelter, water, all of those things in inclement weather is very important. And I know for you and the office of the State Veterinarian's Office, you all have had quite a busy past year with, with the avian influenza and, and now a few more outbreaks in West Tennessee. Can you kind of give us up to speed where we are with how that stands with, and, and that's affecting the poultry industry. Correct, so yeah, we have um, four affected commercial premises um, and we have two backyard premises, backyard poultry who put poultry products into commerce and we have two other commercial premises that are involved. And so what that does is it locks up trade, um, especially internationally. So right now things are um, at a point where We've asked for assistance from USDA. Um, they've brought in an independent incident management team which collaborate with myself and the USDA folks here. And they are helping us try to sort out the nuances of response that have been challenging for us, especially with large numbers of animals um, involved. So making sure that we follow all the composting guidance and all of the, all of the guidance that we have to meet in order for indemnity to be 
paid out to these producers. And it's something that just seems like it's ongoing and it's not just here in Tennessee. We're seeing this all over the country. Yeah, um, the virus is reassorted. I mean, you know, in 2015 and 17, we saw a virus that we planned for in the spring, uh, late winter, early spring. Now um, it's much more like Europe, which is where the virus has actually come from. So we um, have it year round. And until it reassorts itself, which we hope it does in the next couple of years. I don't know that we'll go back into a seasonal pattern. I think that this will be something that we'll be uh, facing, you know, pretty consistently. And so it, it puts a lot of responsibility back on the bird producers to make sure that they're trying to prevent introduction of the disease into their flocks. And this virus, uh, you can correct me, but it's predominantly coming from uh, waterfowl that are flying over Tennessee. That is how, yes, that is how it originally came to us last winter um, in the waterfowl that are migrating from uh, north to south. And what we found is that it is somewhat established in our local populations of native wild birds. So, um, you know, duck hunters, um, you'll see geese on ponds that have it. Uh, we've had a lot of vulture die-offs. So um, that is one of those situations where it's in the environment all around us and it's being rained in you know from the sky and it's not so much lateral transmission so from person to person um, or from person who drives from one farm to the other but it's more of point source introductions from these wild birds so any uh, standing bodies of water where wild birds con you know will mig concentrate um, or will migrate to those are high-risk areas so I know y'all been busy but the, the bottom line the word that you're trying to get out is just to, I mean, we're all, we know that these poultry producers are practicing biosecurity, but it's just got to be stepped up even more, I guess, right? Is that the answer? Well, yeah, I think most poultry, uh, especially commercial poultry folks, are doing the best they can. Um, I think you have to look at weather as an influence um, because with the, when you have sub-zero temperatures with 100% pest control, you're going to drive, you know, you're still going to drive little furry creatures into a barn looking for someplace warm, right? Um, so there, that is, yes, that is definitely true. But the um, backyard folks, the backyard producers, we've had several of those. So those are all, we've had five actually. Um, and those are very challenging because we do have to go in and, and manage those flocks. Um, it's hard for the owners, it's hard for us. But the biggest risk is being outdoors and close to ponds, water bodies, and other native waterfowl. And not disposing of material like if you have cows and chickens and you you know you have some sort of mortality you want to be sure that you don't attract vultures because they are spreading it as well. Well so Dr. Beatty you've had, you've had your hands full I'm sure but I think you enjoy the job. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong again but how has the job been as being the state veterinarian? I will say um, I have a passion for the work that I do. I mean, I, I enjoy um, the position of state veterinarian because it ties me to disease and to agriculture and um, all the things that that uh, drive me. It um, has been a little challenging this year, I won't lie. Um, there have definitely been some hurdles that we've had to come across, but um, thanks to the support of our industries and um, our USDA team here in Tennessee, and the support of USDA Veterinary Services, um, you know, we're, we're getting there. 
we're not out of the woods yet, and I anticipate we'll have some more flocks break before, before the summer. I pray we don't, but it may happen. Dr. Beatty, thank you for your commitment. Thank you for your time with us, and uh, let's hope that 2023 is going to be a better year for uh, the livestock industry. Yes, Happy New Year. Thank you.